Okay. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to OK Podcast. This is Hayden. And Kamila, finally coming back to you after a month-long hiatus. Before we catch you up on that, we want to tell you about who we're interviewing today. Today's guest is Peppa Lee Yobe, a makeup artist, hairstylist, and J fashion enthusiast. Their makeup and hairstyles have been seen from Paris Fashion Week to the streets of Tokyo and everywhere in between. Now focusing on freelance high fashion work and activism while working for Rebirth Garments, Peppa has decided to call Chicago their home. Their Japanese street fashion-influenced style has been their signature look for years, and they plan to continue to shed light on these now-near-extinct subcultures while maintaining the notion of radical visibility. Now, before we get into it with Peppa, let's talk about why we took that really weird break from our normal 45-minute to hour-long episodes. So the reason why we took that really weird hiatus was mainly because I was going back to California for summer. And I was not going back to California because I do not live there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So while I was away, we decided to just do our own separate things. And as I'm sure you saw, we had a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, we got to meet back up again at uh, Anime Expo. I was just like, oh, yeah, it's good That to was see super fun. Again. We had our little interview series with a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. But now we are back together again. Woo-hoo. The dream team is back. <laughs> and we're going to make it real. So to throw us back into our routine, the first thing we're going to cover is we're switching it up a little bit. We're going to talk about our local topics and events. This month marks the third year anniversary of Harajuku Fashion Walk Chicago. It's speculated that this month's meetup might have a swap meet aspect to it, but for now, that is still in discussion. Yeah, it's super exciting to be able to be a part of the third year anniversary, especially because I was not here for the first or second year anniversary. (laughs) I don't think we really celebrated anything before like the years before so i i was kind of just like wow we've been meeting up for it's been three years three years you know i'm just like oh wow that's like harajuku fashion walk chicago is how i started actively dressing in j fashion rather than just drawing it yeah so i'm just like wow that also means i've kind of been Dressing in J fashion officially for three years. Wow. Which I'm just like, it feels like it's been longer. Like, it's <laughs> like this is, yeah, this is my life. But Meanwhile, this yeah. is, if I do end up going to this meetup, this will be my first Chicago Harajuku walk. Whenever there were other Harajuku walks, I, I was either busy or I was working. So I'm going to see if I could take a day off to be able to go to the walk because that would be an amazing yeah. thing to go to. Have my first walk here to be a anniversary walk. Mm-hmm. So we talked about what we did over the summer a little bit. We did our hiatus, but we also did a bunch of really awesome things. Kamila, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, I started a comic, actually. It's a web comic for right now. And I'm posting it once a week on my Facebook and my hardcore.com website. It's about this girl named Michelle who really wants to join this Harajuku-styled girl gang called Hard Decora. It's kind of like like funny and and serious at the same time. A lot of the different um, characters have. Um, 
they're people of color, they're different sexualities. And of course, when you have like a group of girls like living together and working together, there's going to be like, there's going to be drama. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also going to be a lot of like fun and sisterhood. It's kind of like a grow up tale, except with a hard decor girl gang. (laughs) Yeah, the art style is what you typically do for your fashion line, right? Yeah, yeah. It has like a connection to the shirts and sometimes you'll see that some of the characters on my shirt match some of the characters in the comic and vice versa. I'll probably be inspired by the comic as well. If you want to get a better idea of what my brand is about, I'd say to, to read this comic and keep up with it while it's still like up and it's still like for free i'm not sure what i'll do after the first chapter i'm still kind of like deciding but i think it's a good time right now to kind of just you know look at it you know get a feel for for what's going on can you tell us when you're updating just so our listeners can know to keep an eye out oh yeah i update every thursday so once a week you'll get a full page and i am working furiously to keep my (laughs) to keep that up because i have like a buffer i do have a buffer of three weeks but you know i'm also completing pages every week to keep that buffer and i'm about halfway through the chapter so you can depend on me i'm not gonna leave you high and dry did my first anime expo convention i always wanted to go to an la convention and have my work being represented there i was working with lolita collective to sell a lot of like my items and kind of like mostly i'm like midwest so a lot of midwest people have my shirts and things but um going out to la that means like you know meeting new people and new demographics new demographics and new ideas so it was really inspiring to be there i got to actually me and hayden we we got to go to one of the j fashion like meetups that were at anime expo and got to meet some of the community members there yeah it was super cool you knew some of the people i know i knew monique um Mm -hmm. through facebook it was our first time meeting though monique is a active member in the la harjuku walk group met other people like tamar and um daniel Sunny, we met a lot of a lot of awesome people. A lot of them were featured in the Anime Expo interview segment yeah, that so, we have. Yes, yeah, so you should check that out if you mm-hmm. haven't had a chance. So yeah, so we got to interview them. It was saw really the fun. fashion show at Anime Expo. Yeah, that was Galaxy. so much fun. Oh my gosh, Anime Expo had Galaxy and Listen Flavor, Baby Doll, ACDC Rag, and the designers were there. I didn't get to meet like. Listen Flavor wasn't at the convention. Sadly. I did. Yeah, like the the designers. But they kind of, they were, but they weren't at their booth. So it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we, like, got to meet them, meet them. Like, I kind of, like, met them in, in passing. Um, did you go to the Galaxy after party? Yeah, I tell- went to the Galaxy. I wasn't there, so could you tell us about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Man, just recalling things from, <laughs> from so, summer. like, so many months ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> 
Um, that galaxy party was so much fun. First, you kind of like came in and like speaking to everyone. So it's kind of like speaking to anyone that I kind of like bumped into at the convention that was dressed in J fashion, which was kind of cool. And you were either trying to wear galaxy to like represent for their anniversary or you're just like decked out in like colorful fashion because <laughs> you just want to like... I don't know match the vibe I guess and it was like it was it was a good size space for the amount of people there the designer was there doing like a live painting that was going to be Ooh. auctioned off um, the next day I think for charity um, that's super cool don't quote me on what charity but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was there and then there was this really cool musician from Japan she was singing over a song that she was also like kind of making and manipulating at the same time with like mm. these different like drum machines so she was like doing that and I really loved it usually I don't, I'm not one for like club sort of parties but if like I like kind of like raves I can definitely like find myself dancing and enjoying myself there if it's a good DJ and this musician really like I was like yes dancing and I fell because I had platforms oh, no. on <laughs> but I didn't like break my ankle thank goodness and like every <laughs> everyone thought that I was like, oh, did Kamila get drunk? And I'm just like, no, I'm just wearing. Kamila just died. Kamila's <laughs> dead. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it was so hot that we all kind of felt like we were dead there. Yeah, it was man. ridiculously hot, as mm-hmm. it always is in LA during Fourth of July. And it's four days. It's it's pretty intense. It's, it's draining. It's hard just being there. I was only there for one day for the fashion show and to meet up mm-hmm. with Kamila and and just being there for one day I got back home and I was out I was ready to just sleep for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) I went to the Fickle Wish one year anniversary party which was super super cool they had a live DJ there as well Slime Girls the music was really fun it was kind of like a networking socializing event Mm -hmm. they had got a bunch of brand new items from Japan they had those up on the show floor for this event I got interviewed by a reporter from LA Weekly, I believe it was. Oh, yeah. That that party was featured on LA Weekly as, like, an article. So I have, like, one line in the article, and it mentions the podcast, which is really nice and really awesome. So shout out to LA Weekly for featuring us. (laughs) I say feature. It was more like a a kind of a throw-in thing. Right, right. But I'm going to milk it for as much as I can. (laughs) I know. Um, Speaking of Fickle Wish, they're starting to sell things online now. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's only like some select items. It's not everything in their store, but they are starting to sell things online. So that's pretty cool. They made the announcement recently, and then they're also looking for feedback on just like using the website for ordering, you know, just like to to smooth out any issues going forward. So that's some summer news. So if anyone feels uncomfortable or can't find a good shopping service to use, that would probably be a good way to get around the shopping service issues. But again, (laughs) they will only have a limited selection, so you might have to work with what you can, but they still have a really awesome variety of clothing items from Decor to Fairy K to Lolita to VK. They all have an amalgamation of different things things and last month the reason why there wasn't like a new mini sewed up was mainly because 
because I was in Japan for a while. Oh, I loved hearing about this trip. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to Japan for a full week and a a couple half days. Yeah, Um, with your aunt, right? Yeah, my aunt took me and it was just the two of us and it was an absolutely phenomenal trip. It was disgustingly hot, about 90 to 100 degrees every day Mm -hmm. with 90 to 100 percent humidity. Did you dress properly? Did you have the items? (laughs) Somewhat. I wasn't I wasn't expecting to dress for summer though that was absolutely ridiculous it felt like walking through syrup it was so gross I would come home and I would be drenched in sweat I took two showers every day because you had to or else you just felt disgusting and sticky but I learned a lot of new things about the J fashion scene there got to talk with a lot of people, practice my Japanese, which was really fun. I got a yukata while I was there, and the woman who was helping me pick out my items, we started chatting, and I accidentally told her I was 90 years old. <laughs> um, Jukyu means 10-9 and 19 in Japanese, and Kyuju means 9 tens, which is 90. She asked me how old I was, and I go, Kyuju desu. And we pause, and we both kind of look at each other like, Wait, what did you just say? And I go, oh, no, 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 that's not right. I'm sorry. That's not right. I'm 19. I'm 19. We Then she called me a grandpa and she <laughs> laughed and I was really embarrassed, but it was really funny and she was cute. And it was it was overall a really great time. I went to Harajuku twice. The first day I went down Takashita Dori with my mm. aunt and it was extremely crowded, as in going five feet in 10 minutes crowded. You could hardly get anywhere in a timely manner because there are just so many people. But I went to Listen Flavor, I went to Liz Lisa, I went to Bodyline, I went to basically all the shops that were there. Then the second day that I went, I went to the, I wouldn't say hidden areas, but the areas that are definitely not as crowded, like Uh La Forêt, which is a mall that is in Harajuku, a very small one. It goes more underground than it does go up. So I ran all the way down and I went to Swimmer, Angelic Pretty, BTSSB, Adelia Perio. Still not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. We talked about yeah, this before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and, I, and I can't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went to see all the amazing shops and all the shop workers that were super nice and kind and accommodating and they really helped me pick out my items and overall it was just an amazing time I got to see temples I went mm-hmm. to Kyoto for a few days and I went to Fushimi Anari Shrine which is a three-hour hike uh, there and back it was grueling but so worth the hike it was absolutely beautiful Fushimi Anari is called the Temple of a Thousand Torii Gates because all the way up and all the way down just the beautiful red Shinto Torii Gates and it was is at, it really a thousand i think it's actually 1600 oh, i think there are okay. 1600 tory gates so it, about so it lives up to the hype yeah it really does it was absolutely amazing i had the best ice cream there and yes that was situational it was hot and i had been hiking <laughs> for two hours and it was the best tasting ice cream i had had uh, <laughs> i love when that happens when you're just like so deprived 
of food or like snack or whatever and you get that first taste and it's just like this is the most wonderful experience I've I ever know had. it's it's it was so good and it was so worth it and that just about sums up the entirety of my Japan trip I could go into a lot more detail but we have a lot of other things to talk about like the time of year that it is oh Halloween also my birthday time yes it's Kamala's <laughs> birthday time super exciting um so we are definitely going to have a happy birthday Kamila on our Facebook page Yay! um but yeah it is Halloween it is spooky time mm-hmm. and while most people are searching for costumes us people in the J fashion community are looking for different ways to incorporate the season into our alternative fashion outfits. This would be a good time to explore styles like Creepy Cute or Menherake if you haven't already since Halloween pop-up stores will carry cheap supplies for accessories or makeup. And if you dress in Fairy K or Spank K, maybe try incorporating pastel versions of common Halloween motifs like bats, pumpkins, witches, cats into your outfits. Yeah, Lolitas could bring out the hooded capes, black and blood red color schemes, or more witchy aesthetics to their style. I think pointy hats, capes, pointed shoes, starry prints can appeal to magic whether you're in Sweet Lolita or Gothic. And I'm going to throw in a little shout out to Moss Badger. Ooh, yeah. Jordana, the creator of Moss Badger, was our first guest on the show. And a lot of her prints in her designs work really, really well for a really witchy, creepy Halloween aesthetic. So go check her out. Also, Angelic Pretty is releasing a Mm -hmm. new print perfect for this time of year. It's called Halloween Treat. Sadly, they have sold out of the lavender print, but they still have the black and white styles, I believe, on the print it has pumpkins coffins crosses Mm -hmm. candy ghosts bats it is basically your one-stop shop for halloween lolita oh my gosh yeah uh i know some other indie brands like voodoo dolly and i do declare they're coming out with a lot of different easily used witchy aesthetic that you can wear outside of that as well i think voodoo dolly has like some white dresses that make me think of like ghost bride sort of like if you do your makeup right um (laughs) (laughs) look in also look into um guru lolita which is one of the subsets that is typically used for halloween you'll often see guru lolitas wearing eye patches with blood stains on it Mm. like carrying scalpels and scissors everywhere but yeah it's definitely more of like the halloween uh nurse aesthetic that a lot of lolitas like to pull out this time of year as for decora and pop k wears there are hundreds of accessories at costume shops from spider rings to pumpkin pins and everything in between so maybe try doing cords based off of the fall or halloween colors like reds and oranges for fall or those spooky black oranges and greens for halloween and also i was researching this topic and i saw people using skeleton gloves in their decora outfits and i think those can really give a creepy aesthetic to any outfit yeah i definitely agree uh my birthday is in like the halloween month and um now i guess i'm going to do like a more of an uchi style Ooh. for um 
um, the birthday slash Halloween celebration. But before, I was thinking about doing like almost like doing the the color scheme of a candy corn. Oh my goodness! I'm, like I I know it's contentious, but I like candy corns. You know, I we're gonna have to have a talk about that after the podcast because oh. <laughs> candy corn. Is, I you know I actually used to really love candy corn, but now it's the bane of my existence. I think it's too sweet for my teeth at this point because I feel like it's gonna make me get a toothache like <laughs> immediately because it's just pure sugar but I mean isn't that just like what our style is like we right. both have the overly sweet style which is ridiculous to think that some of us don't like the overly sweet candies. yeah overly sweet candies yeah yeah exactly so I, I think it's a great time to experiment all right and now we're gonna throw it over to Peppa Hi, Peppa. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. It's awesome awesome to be here. I'm so glad. We're really happy to have you. So our first question for you is, how has J Fashion inspired your makeup designs? Um, I think mostly because I started doing makeup because of J Fashion. Mm. I... um, I started kind of doing makeup because I discovered like Yaru and and that was like a really intense like makeup look. Um, I mean like I'm talking about like really early 2000s like mamba style Mm. makeup with like the really tan skin and like the white makeup and um, that's how I actually started like my first attempts at playing with makeup were me you know putting on my panda face (laughs) and uh, I think my makeup artistry kind of has always been revolving around uh, J fashion and I did take a step back from being so Mm -hmm. in the J fashion community a couple years ago so that I could focus on trying to you know step back from J fashion as much as a focus for my makeup Mm -hmm. and try to like learn and uh, try out new stuff but yeah have a variety of influences yeah try yeah. to like see some like outsider perspectives because I had been focused on J fashion for almost like 10 years at that point oh, wow. and um, yeah I was looking at uh, videos on my YouTube I have like videos of myself like doing J fashion stuff from like 10 years ago wow. wow you've been in it for a while yeah I know so I kind of you know everyone jokes and they call me like one of the OGs, <laughs> you know, in the community because I've just been in it for a really long time. It's one of those things where it it started with me so early on mm-hmm. that, like, it never stopped. I feel like my relationship with fashion has always been check what everyone in Tokyo is doing first. They're, oh, they're okay. probably ahead. <laughs> yeah, they always get the new ideas before yeah. all before we do, typically. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there's I mean, something to be said. That makes sense if we're like, J fashion, and then everything comes I from mean, Yeah, Japan, it, it's I only like yeah. logical that they would get all the trends first. Right, right. In, in that way, if you're looking for that sort of trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Right. But I mean, everything that we've seen in, you know, Harajuku for over the past few years is yes, now coming now. to the U.S. Yeah. And it's all the stuff, like, I'm looking at the stuff and I'm like, oh, this is stuff that we were wearing, yeah. like, you, like you know, maybe three, mm-hmm. four, five years ago. And now it's becoming almost, like, mainstream right. in the U.S. Like, all of the, like, creepy cute stuff yeah. and all of, almost, like, pop case stuff yeah. where, like, they're using all or of like the bright colors and mixing prints. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this is stuff that, you know, like, in J Fashion we've been doing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, now everybody's wearing fanny packs, but we were, like, the OG like, <laughs> fanny pack and visor crew. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, that's even its own subject of people, like, pushing against that and 
being like, well, this is childish. Even though it's, like, becoming more mainstream, it still, like, has that touch of, like, you're doing something weird still. I actually just watched a video on the way here about how scrunchies were are coming back in style. Yeah. I and know how out of style. I know, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, wearing one right now. That's the thing. Um, and there was uh, a man who did a... A lecture on scrunchies mm-hmm. and why they became like something to be embarrassed by oh. and he said that it was probably because they were super associated with like teenage girls and like teenage sitcoms from the 90s yeah. oh. and and now since that they've become a thing that's like uncool now they're becoming cool because it's pushing back against yeah. the norm um so also I, I feel like all of the children yeah. of the 80s and 90s are now adults yeah. that have money and can yeah totally like you know dress themselves right. i feel like i tell people all the time i am trying to dress like the middle schoolers of when i was in elementary <laughs> school yeah. yeah or like even like your kind of like middle school dreams like i know when i was like in high school i'm just like I, like i wish that i could dress the way i dress now yeah <laughs> and so now i'm like finally able to dress the way that i always wanted to so i think there's that sort of element too like what you were saying about like we have money now and can dress ourselves <laughs> yeah i remember when i was in middle school i a friend of mine had these like little plastic clips that you could like link together mm-hmm. and i would always make chains like how people have wallet chains oh, yeah. yeah. i would make like a wallet chain out of it and then a year later i was like oh that was like so childish of me like i was such a scene <laughs> kid and now i look back and i'm like where can I find those again? I really want them now. Yeah. I feel like we were so innovative with our stuff. Then, like, cultural norms come in, and it's like, oh, I don't want to, like, do anything unique. But then you get older and you learn uh, it doesn't really matter, and I really don't give a crap about anything else. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to wear the super frilly clothes that I wanted to, but I was too scared to wear. Right, yeah. right. That's yeah. what being an adult is, is, like, taking ownership of your body, your existence, your image, and the space that you take up and who you are as a person. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big thing thing for me is the fact that like I I own this I own my look I own my representation I own the way that I am seen mm-hmm. to the world right and that's yeah. a big part of why I like expressing myself creatively because you get to choose you get to be the person that you wanted to be you get to you know like I right. I say this a lot in regards to like the queer scene because you, you guys know I do a lot of like queer activism lately and um, I say that like we're trying to become the adults our 12 year old selves needed yeah um, Oh, yeah, That's, I could see that. That is such a good way to put it because now that I look back, if I had someone like myself, like as a role model when I was younger, I probably would have been a lot happier in my like early high school years. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Just like the the thought of adults like us existing mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. something that the fact that adults like us can exist and there's a world where like there are chances for people that are different and like people that feel like they don't belong, you know, they aren't a part of like society. There is still like places for us to exist and we thrive. I, I think that's a big reason why it's important for people like us to be so outward about our the way that we like doing things and that we're not going to change it and you know yeah I'm an adult and I am choosing to look different than what society wants me Mm -hmm. to look like 
and to live different. Exactly. Like like a lot of I don't know when I was younger I kind of just thought oh I'm not gonna restrict myself to like oh okay I have to get a large home like I guess like my dad was into like the finer things and I was just more like I'm just into like things that that resonate with me like it's not about like like a status thing or anything like that it's just I'm really into things being really customized to like how I live or how I I guess like my principles or whatever I just want everything to be like small and me be able to just be comfortable and I felt like other people didn't really understand that it's just like no you gotta want to be like a millionaire (laughs) yeah there's this pressure to like become rich and successful have all these things and yeah. like that's I have no want or need for all of that you know mm-hmm. like I, I tell people I'd rather be homeless and doing what I love than mm-hmm. you know work at a job that I hate doing something that I can't stand by yeah. and making tons of money but mm-hmm. I mean that's two types of people in this world right and I yeah. think <laughs> like my personal opinion is as long as you're doing something that you love like whether it's a hobby or you can make it your job I mean not everyone has the ability to make a hobby their life and that's yeah, totally okay no, totally. but mm-hmm. as long as you have some sort of outlet to make what you love and do what you love I think you're in a pretty good place I just can't stand for for people that like have fallen under this idea of I just have to be at a miserable job that I hate and then this is just what life is this is what life is as an adult yeah. and this is just what I should I mean I should just get used to it yeah no part of me ever wanted to settle and I feel like there's a big uh, societal expectation for settling as mm-hmm. a young adult especially mm-hmm. starting in fields and stuff mm-hmm. I think we're expected to settle to be treated less set it settle to be you know worked more settle to be you know under treated overworked still have to work tons of time to get that experience that gives us some sort of respect golden ticket so finally you have some sort of recognition at jobs or you never get that recognition especially for us you know as like afab folk yeah you never get you end up getting the respect i don't know if it's like what factors into this the most it's just like i dress a certain way I have a very young face, mm-hmm. I'm, like, short, I'm a woman, I just feel this, like, subtle, like, like patronizing and, like, talking down to at, like, different jobs where they feel like, oh, I can't, like, curse around you, or, and I'm just like, I'm still 25, guys. It's- <laughs> I mean, for you, it has to be hard. I mean, like, you're, like, a business owner and, like, a designer, and, like, yeah. you know, you, you are, like, a person, like, an entity, and, you know, and people not taking you seriously has to be really shitty. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, like, at conventions or when I'm talking to like-minded people, it's a way better experience. But when I'm, like, outside of that field, it's just like, okay, people are not understanding where I'm coming from or how much I know. It's very weird. I think having the the fashion community and just being involved in that, like, there's just a lot more open-minded people around and we all maybe have that similar like issue it's just like a lot better situation but yeah outside of it it's like to be expected to like oh yeah you need to be um, working in corporate or you need to be a lawyer or you need to work a trade or be in the army and I'm just like not everybody can do those things we were all born in like different bodies and different situations and I'm just like I don't think everybody can do those five jobs or something you know (laughs) and I think that with the way that we dress where it's very out of the norm 
norm, there is that assumption of, oh, you dress cutesy, so you must be a cutesy person. Mm -hmm. And, like, even with coming from Hard Decora, where Mm -hmm. your brand is all about taking no shits from anyone, it's ridiculous how people just project themselves onto us. Definitely, and I feel like even though, like, in our communities we might be, I don't want to say experts, but, like, we know Mm -hmm. we have a certain level of knowledge and people acknowledge us for the experience that we have in the quote-unquote the real world the normal world Mm -hmm. um they see us and like to them we're just like why why would you choose to do that whereas for me when I I did uh Kiaru makeup and got myself all dolled up to go out this weekend I saw that so good so on point thank you thank you I like started using the like retired Kiaru hashtag (laughs) (laughs) So people don't, like, think I'm back in activity. But, you know, sometimes I become hyper aware of the fact that, like, to other people, we just look like we don't know what we're doing. Like, do you think that that looks good? I feel like is the idea from, like, the normative perspective is, do you think that's cute? Because, like, I'm going to tell you that it's not. And, like, you choosing to do that is obviously you choosing a bad choice. Yeah. Right. It's, like, right. people see it as, like, cringy, And yeah. it's just, like, we know it's different. We're not... It, I didn't accidentally do this. Like, especially yeah, in the yeah. case of our styles, it's not something that you, like... I didn't, like, accidentally fall into a bucket of hair clips and pins. Right. <laughs> right. I didn't, like, roll around in my accessory <laughs> bin and, like, you know, come out looking this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, like very... obviously, I'm not trying to dress like you. <laughs> So, and on that note, I would really like to get into this notion of radical visibility. Can you elaborate on it? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I first heard of this through Sky, the owner and designer for Rebirth Garments. Kind of this notion of taking ownership of our bodies and as people of color, as queer people, as AFAB people, Mm -hmm. as people with disabilities, it's taking your body, a body that society wants to hide, minimize the space that it takes up, and hide and take your body and own it so it's the notion that even if it makes them uncomfortable to see you you can proudly be seen so we do this a lot um especially it it helps also as an identifier i mean when you the reason we met is because i was in the event dressed in a way that stood out and you guys like came up to me and you know talked to me so it's almost like a an identifier, you know, you like dress in a way that other people know that you are who you are. Who you are. <laughs> exactly. I feel like whatever that means to you, what you know, whether it be mm-hmm. like dressing in full pastels or mixing mm-hmm. prints or wearing all vintage, mm-hmm. whatever it is that um, makes you radically visible. So in my case, you know, I I wear J fashion, but also I get constant dislocations on my collarbones and mm. and I get lots of pain in my wrists mm. and. One of the things that the health industry likes to do is hide things and make mm. things very hideable. It sucks to like put together a cute outfit and then have to throw over like gross beige or black arm sling because you've dislocated your shoulder. Or it sucks to like have like a bad week with your hand and have to wear a hand brace and it's like this thing that you don't really want to look at. And instead, you know, I take ownership of it and, you know, my arm sling is like 
<laughs> rainbow like, animal print. Uh, yeah, it's I like, love it. like Lisa Frank inspired, <laughs> you know, and like my hand braces matching, you know, with my mm-hmm. rainbow um, animal print and my neon pink. That's like, I, I try to like make myself really visible because mm-hmm. like I said, I want kids and youth to see that we exist. Like I remember as mm-hmm. a kid, I thought maybe there wasn't a place in the world for me. Maybe mm-hmm. there isn't a place in a world for people that choose to be so different because like obviously there's alternative people but they're still like within the mainstream and i feel like when you follow or a celebrity that's like really far away i'm just like oh they have a lot of money of course they could do anything yeah exactly (laughs) so when you try when you choose to do a style that's like far on the fringes of a niche or a a click and you present like it's ott highest potential Mm -hmm. as if you're over the top and you present yourself in a way that makes you happy and presents yourself in a way that's like radically visible i feel like there's a chance that a kid that wants to dress this way will see you and be like wow there are people that dress Mm -hmm. like that every day and walk down the street and like have lives and there are adults out there that do Mm -hmm. this and they have lives and jobs and like and they're successful at it yeah Yeah. you know like I feel like a big fear that I had growing up was I'm gonna have to end it I'm gonna have to like break this relationship like I I feel like my relationship with fashion is something that's like grown and developed over the years Mm -hmm. and I had this like constant fear that one day I'm gonna have to like grow up and drop it especially because I I don't know if it's like this with any other style but Mm -hmm. in Giara specifically which is the style that I uh, followed the most and it's the Mm -hmm. one that's kind of had my has my senior badge on it um (laughs) my super senior at this point there is this big notion of graduation and you know uh when does your journey in the style end and do you have to return back to society and i feel like that notion has kind of died down a little bit more now but especially in the gaijin garu community i feel Mm -hmm. like the notion of graduating and retiring from the style is not as common anymore but there's definitely this pressure of like at some point I'm gonna have to drop this and I'm gonna have to go back to being like everyone else I mean we're living proof that we don't have to you know as you know some people love her some people hate her but I love Batty Winkle you know she's like 80 plus years old and (laughs) she's like I want to dress this way like when I see like those articles about older women say like with their tattoos and you get to see them really wrinkly (laughs) like yeah I can do that and it still looks really good the lady who has like the pink house and pink everything and she oh yeah or the green lady yeah the green lady that made me feel a little bit more comfortable because i kind of like felt like i just got into this some other people i know a lot of people now like that start dressing like this when they're like 16 and i was like like... i couldn't do that like i didn't have any money i don't know if anybody would have granted me permission permission (laughs) or like the resources resources or the ease of finding the stuff yeah it's what, way easier to find the stuff now yeah, yeah i mean when i was 16 i was rifling through like magazine stacks that got delivered to my local like manga and anime shop <laughs> right. to try to find something like lightly fashion related my my mom had some friends who were like the dad was a soldier or something and he was in okinawa and my mom would like 
make orders and like get get them to get me like stuff because my mom my mom has always been super involved with my love for J fashion. Oh, that's great. From day one, she was like, "Well, if if this is gonna be the weird thing that you're obsessed with, then I'd rather it be this." At <laughs> least <laughs> right. it's not drugs, honey. <laughs> yeah, I've I've interviewed my mom several times, like on like my YouTube channels and stuff, because people are always like, "What do your family think? What do mm-hmm. they think?" Like, well, oddly enough, my mom was, like, my biggest supporter from the Mm -hmm. beginning. And, you know, she was the one that was, like, I mean, you're weird to begin with. So at least this seems Mm -hmm. like something that you can be weird and I can kind of be okay with. Yeah. I mean, in first grade, I came out, like, wearing stripes and polka dots all the time. Mm -hmm. And at this point, my family's just like, you know, this isn't a new thing. It might be a little more out there, but it's not new. Yeah, no. And like I said, you know, being an adult that is what really makes the difference in these Mm -hmm. styles I feel like there's like a big separation or I feel like there was between like the people that were adults and like kids in the style because like the adults could like buy the brand and like buy the stuff and like the kids couldn't whereas now like you go on Instagram and like they've all got all of the brand they've got Mm -hmm. access to everything they have the support they are in communication with their idols but I don't know I think it's like a good evolution though you know I feel like it's great to see more people in the style I like sometimes just troll through the tags on Instagram to just kind of get excited to see more people doing like J fashion especially because you know even while I was in Tokyo actually exactly a year ago at the end of September um, Mm -hmm. and I was there for two weeks and I was there doing mostly really it was just like a long shopping trip who am I kidding (laughs) but um I was doing a lot of research and like work with artists and stylists and hairstylists in Harajuku and Akihabara to um, see where is the style going, you know, what is happening, what are we doing. You know, it helped me a lot with coming back to the U.S. and kind of like starting and defining a shift in my own personal style. But while I was there, everybody was saying, you know, like the styles have all changed so much. There's this big push for westernized homogenous fashion, Mm -hmm. you know, the modern fashion yeah, yeah the h&m sort of stuff yeah i know every and everything is becoming like beige on beige like the very like the monochromatic nude look is hitting tokyo hard you know um kanye and kim k you know the yeezy oh, like beige yes. on beige okay with beige slip-on shoes yeah. and like it's really hard you know i'm like you see the harajuku walk in tokyo and there's like seven eight people and so, that's like how it is here mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> It, it's sad, you know, and, and yeah. I feel like we all need to work really hard to remain visible so that That's true. the possibilities continue. There's, like, more people that do it in Japan, but they post it on Instagram and stuff. They, like, more, like, post it, but it's not like they're gathering outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's been a big shift, I, I've noticed, mm-hmm. and I, I talked about that a lot with my friends in Japan. Um, nobody has to go to Tokyo anymore. You know, before the reason why everybody was in Tokyo and why the street fashion was all seen there is because all of the stores were in Tokyo and the only way to acquire the clothes was to bite the bullet, take that train mm. all the way down to the city, and you know. take the chance so that you can get so the you brand. Can, yeah, exactly. And then that's when everybody would see each other because everybody had to go to the same place to shop. Mm-hmm. And everybody had to go to the same place to hang out and be seen. So, and it was like the only safe space. 
for people that were other. I feel like now there's a little bit more of an open acceptance of, okay, you're weird, but we already know that the weird exists. So the few people that exist now are kind of like holding on to dear life. That shift meant that everybody was ordering stuff online. They Mm -hmm. were posting on social media and interacting on social media. So they were no longer having to like do meetups and stuff. And also I feel like because there's been that like opening up of society, it's less clicky. These people aren't having to only hang out with- It's less exclusive. Exactly. You don't have to hang out with only decoras because they're going to be the only ones that understand the way you dress. You know, there's more of an openness and there's more of a cross style friendships that I see now, which before it was very like subcultured and very like separated. Everybody knew like Shibuya was for the Gyaru and like Harajuku was for the street fashion kids and Mm -hmm. Akihabara for the maids. And I feel like now each neighborhood has their two or three kids that still do some sort of fashion that hang out together Mm -hmm. regardless Mm -hmm. of if their styles are the same. They're just like the people that are like trying to promote and continue the street style regardless of who or what street style the nearest street kid wears, you know. Right. In some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad. Like it's great that people have more accessibility to others and more accessibility to the fashion, but it feels like there's a bit of a fade out of like the old tradition of meetups of Harajuku walks. Or in person being like outside or like just in person like purchasing of the clothes. Mm -hmm. Like everything's online and you don't have that moment of like I actually like going to brick and mortar stores more than ordering online. If I could walk to the mall and there'd be like a listen flavor store I'd be in there. I'd be in there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean that's why like I, I don't ever buy any Japanese branded clothing online just mm-hmm. because being that I'm not a Japanese sized person mm. um, it is always hit or miss it's not like almost always it's like always, always. hit or miss yeah. yeah for me it was like really big to like save up all that money and go to Japan because mm. I was like is this one size <laughs> yeah I, I get that <laughs> I I was super nervous when I went to Japan over the summer I was like I'm not gonna find anything in my size and yet here I am in my listen flavor shirt and I think that's also one of the good things about going to brick and mortar stores and buying mm-hmm. your clothes is that you get to interact with the people there. The shop girls at Listen Flavor were so sweet and the one who helped me out, I was wearing a pink polo shirt and I slipped this shirt on over it. She goes, pinku to pinku wa kawaii this, which um, <laughs> for those of you who don't speak Japanese, it's pink and pink uh, are cute together. And I told her, oh, thank you so much. I didn't think of it that way. Being with other people, you get to learn more ideas and it makes you think outside of your own zone. No, totally. I think that's another thing that's lost is the shop staff culture. And that's something that I love about Tokyo is the shop staff culture is that you have essentially these social media celebrities working in your store, repping your clothes, putting mm. together these amazing outfits that yeah, they post online. Yeah, I thought online. that was the coolest thing. Yeah, and I feel like some of that gets lost when people no longer go into the stores. Mm. And my favorite thing is going into the store and seeing, you know, somebody super fashionable who I do trust <laughs> and be like, does this look okay? Yeah, be like, what do you have in my size? help me you know like you know what you're doing good with this item 
Yeah, so. exactly. Or I'm like having a hard time finding something in this color. Help me figure out this colorway or something. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing, man. I mean, like they're literally experts. It's like something that I feel like I wish was something that happened in the U.S. I mean, it's hard with fast fashion and stuff. People at the stores in Japan, like at these brands, they are fashion consultants. They are mm-hmm. brand rep. Like they know their stuff. They know how to dress the clothing for those brands. And just walking in and hearing, Irashai Mase. It's just so welcoming, yeah. and it feels it feels like they're welcoming you with open arms. Yeah, exactly. And they're so accommodating. I feel like a lot of people are afraid of shopping in Japan because of the size. Like they think that like there's gonna be a lot of body shaming or like whispers. Bakakaijin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like people like really judging you. I feel like it's almost the opposite. Um, I feel like especially when it comes to fashion, they want to help actual people that like the fashion out regardless like even if you are a foreigner if you're somebody that's like oh my god i love this style and you're coming in dressed in like some sort of j fashion Mm -hmm. they want to help you Mm -hmm. they want to like get you to get the stuff that you want because they know that you want this they know that you love this style as much as they do i was afraid that like there would be this maybe like a little level of snobbishness from like the japanese you know street fashion people versus like the gaijin coming in yeah (laughs) or like i can kind of like be like oh what if I go there dressed in like decora and it's just like uh, you think that's cool decora that's that like American decora you know <laughs> like someone's gonna be I don't know <laughs> yeah but I, I feel like it's actually not like that at all the only people that do get flack are like gaijin gyaru but they're a special breed and, <laughs> um there's a lot of drama with gaijin gyaru in Tokyo so mm. we get a lot of infamy oh wow because of certain uh, certain ladies in our community who decide to act out on behalf there, of There are always those certain yeah. few. It's hard, you know, like, especially with subcultures that are, like, dwindling like this. When a person gets recognition mm-hmm. and they misrepresent your style, your subgroup or whatever, it's, like, so infuriating. I'm like, you're the person that they decided to, like, interview. To crown. Yeah. yeah, you're the right. person that is getting all of the attention for this. It, it's, it's hard, you know, to, like, mm-hmm. see somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing or doesn't represent the fashion well be seen as like this is what Americans do with our style or this is what Americans think that our style is yeah and it's just like no that's not no look at them what would you say to J fashion beginners intimidated by makeup like specifically makeup in J fashion yeah yeah because I know a lot of people that are just like oh I can't put on the makeup and then they just like don't really want to like try it at all because they're just afraid of getting pushed back that's one of the things that like I feel like you're lucky enough to be able to practice Mm -hmm. Um, makeup is much like drawing or any other type of art form practice makes not perfect but um better (laughs) practice makes comfortability yeah yeah i feel more comfortable yeah yeah um so what you might start as being uh really really uncomfortable with after a few tries it it gets to be more comfortable and i feel like especially with j fashion and j style makeup a big thing is forgetting about your face i know for the one thing that made my gyaru makeup level up was for a long time i kept trying to put 
these faces. Like I was trying to do the makeup that other people were doing exactly how they were doing mm. on my face. And I didn't realize that like that was just, I don't have the, the features. Yeah. I don't have the face. Essentially what you have to do for these styles is build a new face. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're doing Gyaru makeup, you're sculpting brand new eye shape. Your eye mm -hmm. is bigger than your actual eye shape. You sculpt a nose shape for um, a lot of Harajukui makeup style right now has the really heavy um, hangover blush, you know, like the really heavily blushed under the eyes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I feel like the big thing for makeup is try and try again. Do makeup at home. Take pictures of yourself. Like, you don't have to show them to anyone. Keep mm -hmm. them to yourself. But take pictures and do makeup at home and just practice you know look at pictures of your idols what is the things of their makeup that you like yeah. what could you bring into your makeup that you like and i feel like that's a good thing stepping into a fashion is mm -hmm. like finding a part of the style that you can include into your everyday life mm. so that you slowly start having that as like kind of your everyday life you know whether it be starting with like a decor a pin that you yeah. put on your jacket and you wear that every day you get used to having that on you and seeing that be a part of you I feel like a big part of the fear is the fear of pushback and a lot of that is because you're not yet comfortable with how you're dressing and how you're looking and building confidence in your identity as somebody who is going to look and present differently is important so starting little by including like small variances like whether it be like just doing your eyeliner different or just starting to wear pastels or just yeah. you know starting to wear whatever it is that like including small parts of the style in your everyday style in your everyday life so that you can build a confidence with the style before you throw you try to like jump in the water when the floaties on that makes sense someone asked me recently like oh how do you start doing decora and i think a lot of it is like oh i don't have the stuff i gotta wait till i get like a hundred clips and then i'm gonna start doing decora and i'm just like the easiest way and the more like a natural way is to just like build up over time and just just put on the clips and like because it, it's it might be more intimidating if someone just came to you like all right Here's a box of clips. Here's a whole bunch of colorful clothes you gotta pick from. Go. It's gonna be easier if you just slowly build that up because then you'd be able to know what silhouettes you fit in the best. I find that I don't know. I'm not like and like I don't even figure out like much. your style. <laughs> yeah, your <laughs> style. Yeah, like I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm not super into skirts. I always revisit it though this a good idea again um <laughs> you give yourself a chance to second yeah. guess yeah yeah i give myself a chance to try it out again maybe there's you know a different thing but usually i like pants or joggers or um harem pants yeah. or things like that i really enjoy wearing um those things if i can i really love crop tops even though that's not necessarily like most of the time if i see pictures of decora it's like the um the t-shirt the like um, really big baggy t-shirts yeah really big baggy t-shirts and a lot of layers and you're not really showing too much or if if, if it's fairy k it's more like you're wearing the um the t-shirt and, and the skirts yeah and bloomers and and the stockings and stuff and i kind of just do like oh i like joggers and pants and stuff 
kind of like how Phoenix does his style or um I don't know I kind of looked a lot at like Fairy K Boy or something like that but like yeah. genderless K yeah like, like genderless K and yeah 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 so I'm just like oh okay so I know now that the boys like, with an eye <laughs> of J fashion <laughs> right right <laughs> and I think overall the introduction of genderless K and K-pop idol boys like yeah. bringing makeup into their everyday routine especially with Kim Hansel from Top Dog he is mm-hmm. like always streaming his makeup routine and I think that plays a big role in helping especially masculine leading people or AMAB people be able to feel more comfortable in this yeah no for sure and I feel like there's like there's gaps in the community and I feel like I want to welcome more um, more folks out you know I, I feel like my everyday wear is no longer like one style or another I feel like I've just kind of commandeered J fashion as a whole and just kind of I butcher it and like I butcher it and make all of the online forums angry <laughs> um we uh we joke you know you have that party coming up the space theme party oh yeah but so excited I have no clue what I'm gonna do for it <laughs> I'm still like halfway getting prepared I don't know but everyone you know I feel like my style is space prince peppa you know like oh, yes. holographic <laughs> space suits and like it. it's yes. like you know flashy spandex fluorescence yes i know oh my god and um so it's i'm really excited for that party because i'm gonna get to show some stuff i think i'm gonna design a new outfit for that party exciting I, uh, it's one of the things I, I actually was in fashion design school when I first uh, was in university. Uh, so I'm no stranger to designing. So now that I work inside of a fashion studio, I have access to making all of my own clothes, oh. which is lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and are da- there, dangerous. Like, speaking of like projects that you're working on, are there any currently that you can tell us about? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm working on a makeup class curriculum. It's going to be a sliding scale makeup class for trans folk. I'm going to be having like small groups, five to six people, and the older people that can afford to pay for more will be the ones paying for the people that can pay for less. I want it to be a safe space for trans teens to be able to come in and play with makeup without having to worry about their parents finding like a stash or something or having to like worry about putting it on and taking it off at school, being lost about the makeup world. And I also want a space for older trans folk to be able to come ask questions, get answers without any level of judgment because I feel like there's a lot of judgment for those two groups as far as for the older folks I feel like there's a lot of the quote-unquote not not passing enough I want to help people not that I think that passing is necessary but it does there is a level of safety that I want everybody to acquire by being able to if they choose blend in or if they want to go incognito for them to Mm -hmm. be able to like do that if that's their choice and I want to be able to give those resources to teens and older trans folk who I feel like young trans folk are like hip and out there and have resources <laughs> and like, we're all queers, we're all great. But oh, I feel yeah. like um, as a teenager, I wish there were more people offering me resources of just being able to like be somewhere with someone that was like me, that I could mm-hmm. be like, wow, you're so cool, but also you're an adult. <laughs> Some of the kids want me to be, like, their, like, naughty godparent, but I'm like, <laughs> no, before class, we are going to do your homework. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I try to, like, stress all these kids to, like, do well in their schooling because I wish somebody had done that for me. Mm. 
you know, because I feel like a lot of, not, it's not talked about a lot, but a lot of, you know, us that choose to be in different styles tend to be neurodivergent to begin with mm-hmm, or have some sort of, like, I, I, the intersectionality of, like, style and gender expression and personal expression mm-hmm. and all that I feel like is very interesting. Yeah. So many queer alternative fashion folks are, like, people that are on the LGBT spectrum in some way, shape, or form that are also in alternative fashions because I feel like we're just more open-minded to begin with. Um, Can you tell us about Rebirth Garments for those who aren't familiar? Yeah, for sure. So Rebirth Garments is a clothing brand by Sky Kubaku. It is a clothing line made for the full spectrum of size, gender, and ability. Beautiful. Um, (laughs) So all of the clothes are custom made to your measurements and um, every single uh, person goes through an interview question when they are buying their clothes where they're asked how can we make clothes more accessible to your body what are parts of your body that you wish you could hide or show and highlight more Mm. Um, we talk about fabric choices colors do seams itch you against your skin you know do you have any scent needs dye needs stuff like that as well as all of our clothes are unisex in a way in Mm -hmm. the sense that like anyone can wear them we work really hard to just create radical visibility for the queer crip spectrum Mm -hmm. so the intersectionality of lgbt and disabled folks is kind of our main focus people who are kind of kind of left on the fringe and on the edges and the outskirts of both communities so yeah we work hard to garment and normalize human bodies oh that is so wonderful just like hearing that i took a look at the clothing on instagram and i recognized it before I knew you I've heard of like rebirth garments I was like oh I saw this before and I was like like saving it being like I want to get a thing like this like I really liked some of the clothes that would open up the chest and then so you would have like your nipple showing yeah free the nipple yeah (laughs) Yeah, free the the nipple the free the nipple shirt or like having a the armpit the armpit yeah it's free the armpit (laughs) yes because a lot of times like I'm not that into like shaving my under arms but I also feel like covering them at the same time it's just like oh man it comes to me like wearing a swimsuit do I shave my underarms now or do I not and like that kind of top made it feel like this is how this is supposed to be worn. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead of feeling like you have this other picture in your head with other sleeveless clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really like that Rebirth Garments like emphasizes the things that you once thought like you needed to hide or something. I like Exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, we do like everything. We do prosthetic aid covers. So like um, we have clients that come in with their prosthetics and we just make slips for the prosthetics uh sky has made covers for canes so that your cane is colorful um um, we have a really big stress on fat folks mattering visibility of fat bodies because i feel like in fashion that's just a big thing is that they like to act as though fat folks should just disappear or don't exist sky loves 
and loves dressing <laughs> fat folk because like it's you know they're the people that need custom garments the most because society just doesn't dress other bodies right. uh, other bodies meaning smaller bodies larger bodies they only garment you know a certain type of body and yeah. uh, that changes with what our you know society is into if you think if you look at all of the jeans right now they're made with like a super tiny waist and like a huge butt and then like tiny legs yeah because like the current societal standard but like n- not everybody looks like a coke bottle you know that's true with skirts sometimes they have that whole thing with like I don't have that silhouette where I have like the hourglass shape that everybody's yeah. doing and I'm just like I don't have this so like yeah. high-waisted skirts don't work on me as well like that kind of make I'm short making me shorter like maxi dresses and like yeah. just a lot of things that like emphasize that shape right now if only yeah. you know like it was more accessible for everybody to get clothing yeah. custom made uh sky makes everything like really accessible and um their stuff is like pretty affordable and we do lots of stuff for yeah. sliding scale teams and we have like programs where oh, people almost buy like a subscription and when you like buy something you can purchase a similar item for one of our like uh, donation wow we were friends with a lot of great stuff going on we're working really hard i do all of the makeup for them now and uh, we have a show at the mid october 14th it'll be a sensory and developmental disabilities quote-unquote club night the, the mid will have a special event for us and it'll be super sensitivities and, dis- and disability access friendly. Um, it's going to be the first of uh, Sky's Disability Club series. We're working really hard to get clubs and party spaces to be more access friendly, whether it be with ramps and bathroom access or it be with the limited use of flashing lights and smoke um, mm-hmm. so that all of our friends can come to parties and stuff. There are different ways of making parties fun that don't don't exclude people because of our uh, sensory needs. Trying to build spaces mm-hmm. for people to be able to enjoy themselves in regardless of their level of ability is a big thing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate you sitting down with us and talking about all of this. Yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure. Do you I... have any um, social media tags or anything? Yeah, so um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Peppa Yobe, M-U-A. That is P-E-P-A-L-L-O-B-E-L-L-M-U-A. And uh, all of the links to all of my other uh, social media are linked there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is also my same username for YouTube if you guys want to look up my uh, YouTube channel. I do have a little bit of stuff on there as well. You can find all of my makeup on uh, Rebirth Garments website and Facebook. So if you guys want to look more into me, that's kind of where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me. It was wonderful. And that wraps up this episode of OK Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We are so happy to be back and we'll see you next month with another new episode. Bye bye.